Great are the tribulations of the wicked, but mercy embraces those who trust in the Lord. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be comfortable. Good morning. I'd like to read to you an obituary that appeared in the Times-Picayune this week. Robert Wells III was born in St. Bernard Parish, October 9th, 1997, to Robert Wells Jr. and Deborah Wells. He spent the years after Hurricane Katrina in the St. Charles Parish area until his murder on Sunday, February 16th, 2020. As loving parents, we were not prepared for the untimely, tragic death of our young son. He was a wonderful, funny, intelligent, talented, and compassionate young man until the false desires of fast money and instant gratification lured him away from the morals and ethics instilled in him from a young age. Tough love did not deter his mindset to stay involved in the streets. We always hoped that one day his parents' love and commitment to him would prevail and he would abandon that life. It did not. His life ended almost instantly at 22 years old, alone, in a car, under a barrage of gunfire. All the fast money, cars, and things that seemingly were of importance to him meant nothing at his crossing. We hope and pray that Robert never bestowed this kind of senseless violence upon anyone else's child. And if this obituary can offer the opportunity for another young person to realize the streets offer nothing but heartache, pain, and untimely death, Robert's life will not have been in vain. His pained soul is now set free from all worldly desires. Dear God, please take our son, the most precious gift you could bestow upon us at his birth, back once again as your heavenly son. Lord, keep him in your loving arms for eternity and forgive us. Robert was predeceased by his grandparents, Robert and Bertha Wells Sr. and George Depard Sr., Ingeborg Thurston. He leaves behind a brother, Antonio, girlfriend, Haley, and many loving aunts, uncles, nieces, nephews, and cousins. There will be no service for Robert. Instead, we kindly ask you to make a small donation in his name to any at-risk youth programs. Until we meet again, son, you'll forever be in our hearts. Robert's mother wrote that. Um, I would say was inspired maybe to write that. Uh, and I'm sorry, I know that's a, that's a really heavy and emotional way to begin. So, so why? Why is that so important to hear? Um, 
And, and what do you hear in that? I, I hope you hear that great is the tribulation of the wicked, but mercy embraces those who trust in the Lord. Certainly, the choices that, that Robert made, his mother is pointing clearly that, that he thought it was a shortcut to getting the good life, and it clearly did not lead to life, did it? But I hope you also hear in that the courage and strength of a mother who is trusting in the Lord with an honesty and a clarity. It's also for us an opportunity to, to see in the, in the starkest of terms the choices that, that we all face, the temptations that we all face in life. Maybe not as dramatic as he faced, but still we, do, we too have choices in our lives to make. And Lent is a time for us to take an honest look at the choices that we're making. Adam and Eve had a choice to make also, didn't they? And we hear that in today's reading. And, and there have been times in my life, maybe in yours too, where I've asked myself, why, Lord, why do you put these choices in front of us? No, didn't you know that Adam and Eve... As soon as you said, don't eat from that one tree, which tree do you think they wanted to eat off of? Why give us that choice? Why tell us that? You may hear that the, uh, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he was led into the wilderness to be tempted. In Mark's gospel, it says that he was thrown into the wilderness to be tempted. Why does God lead us into this temptation? And you may, like me, have wondered, is God just a, a capricious God? Is, or worse, does God delight in tripping us up? No. No. But God is a loving God. God, in, in, in the very identity of who God is, is pure, perfect, unconditional love. Love that pours out and creates, loves that draws in. And for that kind of love to be real, it has to involve a choice. Adam and Eve symbolize the choice to live trusting in God, being satisfied with being made in the image of God. Waiting for God to provide all of that. Or, or the choice to get what they want, when they want it. Either by demanding it from God, and if that doesn't work, by taking it by whatever means is available. Holy or unholy. That's what Adam and Eve choose. They choose um, that being made in the image of God was not enough. They wanted to be God. Being provided for by God wasn't enough. They wanted to live like God. 
That was the choice they made. Seemed like it would give them when they wanted it. But it led to sin and death. We face those choices too today. Maybe not as dramatically as choosing the life of, of violence on the street, but in other ways. Do we choose ways to get what I want, when I want it, by whatever means necessary? And if I've prayed for it and haven't gotten it, do I sort of take matters into my own hands? Maybe a little lie there, a little cheating here, maybe worse. Jesus knows something about temptations too. Notice that right after Jesus is baptized, he's led into the wilderness. And he has that choice too. After, night, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, Jesus was, as you or I might be, famished. And the tempter appears and says, you must be really hungry. Since, since, since you are the Son of God, you have all this power, look, turn those loaves into bread. You can eat just like that. And Jesus says, no. No, rooted in Scripture, Jesus knows, no, that we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from God's mouth. Thanks anyway. He says, well, okay, well, if since you're waiting for God, why don't you just demand God's angels to have a little uh, uh, Uber Eats delivery here. If you don't want to do it, tell God to do it right now. He says, no, no. Scripture says, don't put God to the test. Saint says, okay, well, if you're not going to do it for yourself, and you're not going to uh, talk and wait around for God to do it for you with God's angels, I tell you what, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. And that's when Jesus says, get out of here. <coughs> Love and serve only the Lord. Jesus chooses the longer way, the harder way, the way of suffering, even the way of death. But he's so focused in, in this God-centered life that all those temptations don't sway him. Can we make that choice? Oh, not every time. No, we can't. So we come back to Lent. We come back to this time and we realize that Jesus does understand the temptations that we face. He does know that we have a tendency to want what we want when we want it. And we may grow impatient with waiting for God to provide it. And we may then decide to take whatever means is necessary to get it, holy or unholy. But I hope we can also remember that that choice that we do have does not lead to life. It doesn't. What leads to life is the way of love, the way of hard love, the way of 40 days of fasting, the way of suffering and sacrifice, the way of love and life. Presiding Bishop Michael Curry um, says um, over and over again, he says, over and over enough enough that I've remembered it now, that our call is to lead a Jesus-centered life. 
to cultivate practices that center our lives in Christ. So that when the inevitable temptations of life come along, we choose the way of love. It's still hard. It's still difficult. It still involves suffering and sacrifice. But we choose that way of love because Jesus has shown us. Jesus has shown us that in the long run, God wins. God's love gets the last word. All those other lives of the lies of the tempter, they're just empty words, false promises. Don't believe them. Develop these practices that lead to a Jesus-centered life so that we too can choose the way that leads to real life, unending life. Jesus has shown this because do you remember how this passage ends? We're so, I think, fixated on the, the tempter and the temptations that we forget the end of the story. Do you remember what happens when Jesus finally says, get out of here? The angels immediately appear and they wait on him. He didn't just get bread, he got a feast. The angels just didn't sort of make a delivery, they tendered to him. He didn't just give up the kingdoms of the world, he ushered in the kingdom of God. What will we choose? Whose kingdom will we choose? Great is the tribulation of the wicked, but the mercy of God embraces the righteous.